Hour number two, it is the Plank Show. Josh Elmer, Connor Pasby with you right here on the Ref Sports Radio Network. It is the home of Sooner fans. Did you ever have a nickname that you didn't like, Connor? No, but I had one that I did like. What did you like? So my initials, uh, CP, always wore number three when I was little and then growing up till I did it all the way till junior high. So I went by CP3 for a while. Oh, I like that. So, yeah, that was awesome. So are you a big Chris Paul fan then? I was. That was actually one of my favorite players growing up. When a they, good one. When they had to play the season in Oklahoma City, that's really what. Sure. When I started liking Chris Paul even more. Well, and still going great for him now. I mean, we'll see. I, I, uh, I've got a soft spot for the Phoenix Suns in just the NBA in general. My first – NBA love was Phoenix. So seven seconds or less, Steve Nash, Amari Stoudemire, Leon, Leandro Barbosa, all, everybody that was on that team. Sean Marion was on that team for Phoenix. Gosh, who, who else am I missing? Dudley a little bit later was a part of those Phoenix teams. They were awesome, but they could never get by the stinking Lakers in the playoffs. So I've got a soft spot for Phoenix, obviously, very much an Oklahoma City Thunder fan now, but growing up in Wichita, you didn't really have NBA, didn't have a team to root for, so Phoenix was kind of that team. And CP3, finding success there. I find myself – I love Devin Booker. I think he's a really, really exciting young guy. Right now, I think he's the closest player to Kobe as he gets in the league right now. Got to win a ring, though, man. You want to have any sort of comparison – through the Mamba, you got to win a ring. Okay, so are the phone lines this busy? So we have Bill, Brian, and Danny waiting. Okay, do you know who's up first? We have Billy. Okay, I like to go in chronological order here on the Plank Show. Bill, what's up? Good morning as we start hour number two. We'll start it off on the phone lines, the law offices of Rod Polston, Oklahoma, tax resolution line 329-9000. Bill, what's up? Good morning. Nothing much. Uh, has anybody heard when the Overton brothers are scheduled to visit OU? It was supposed to be early March, I think. Were they not in this past weekend? No, they weren't in on that. Not on the ones that were listed, they weren't. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I'll try and do some digging on that for you. Parker Thune, I can tell you, will be a good resource. If, if you dial up later on this afternoon or text in the Steelman and Thune at noon show. Parker's probably doing a little bit better job than I am keeping up to date with everything Oklahoma recruiting. I try and follow it pretty close, Bill, but I, I'm just being totally transparent with you. I'm not totally sure. On the them walking, uh, Josie, do you think it might not be the pitching coach from each of one of these universities that don't want to pitch to her? Because don't they call most a lot of the pitches? Yeah, yeah, probably so. And you almost wonder, are we just eventually going to get a pitcher that just goes rogue on the pitching coach, right? Are they going to say, forget that, intentionally walking this girl? Forget about it. I'm going to strike Jocelyn Allo out, and then, okay, you, you, you leave one hanging out over the middle of the plate and – Boom, boom, audio, see you later, softball, and finally, Jossie set the record. As a, as, a pitching, as a pitching coach, you're pretty much saying, like, you have no confidence in your pitcher to go up against As a pitching level. coach, they're saying that, Connor, and they're also saying, we 
we are terrified of being the program associated associated with with giving up home run number ninety six. Even though there's been ninety five home runs that have happened before it. That's what I was going to say. I think it's more the pitching coaches don't want their university being associated with giving up that breaking home run. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I get it on some level. I mean, I, mean, I, I mean, you go in the history books, too, just not on the good end of it. <laughs> yeah, but if you go to, for example, a lot of these stories that I've written recently on Jocelyn Allo during this home run chase leading up to tying Lauren Chamberlain. Okay, so you're going to NCAA.com, and you, you check on the Division One softball records tab. You scroll down a little bit. You find the 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 all these different records, right? Nowhere in the record book is it saying, and here's who gave up the home run. It's absurd. The the fear that is out there from some of these pitching coaches. Oh my gosh, we're we're going to be the program that gave up the home run. Ridiculous. Just pitch to Jocelyn Allo. Unbelievable. Anything right, else this you. morning, Bill? No, that's it. Okay, buddy. I'll, I'll see if I can't try and get an Overton update for you. I'm sorry that I don't have one. But, hey, have a good morning. Appreciate the call. You too. All right. Let's see. Who do we got up next, Connor? We got Brian or Danny up next. Yeah, Brian. Brian, what's up? Hey, good morning. Welcome hey, to the show. Good morning, guys. I've got the answer for you guys. Everybody can relax now. Okay, you've got Put the answer. Together. That's good. I, I I am feeling a little wound up this morning, so a chill pill <laughs> would be nice. I actually thought of this several weeks, a couple of weeks ago, and this would be the best scenario. Local girl goes back to her home state. Who are they playing in their home state? California, Baylor, and who else? They play Cal. Wait, you say California and then Hawaii? Hawaii, bingo. Those girls are not only not afraid to pitch to Dawson Allo. I bet they're lining up to see who gets to pitch to her first, so they could be a state hero. Give it up. They'll embrace it. They'll all take selfies afterwards, and they'll be they'll be a state treasure, basically. Then er- everyone's all, happy. All, everyone's all, happy. I hope you're right. Happy. Makes sense. Doesn't it? I mean, that's one place that'll do it. One school that'll do it, I think. Yeah, and I, I guess I probably could have passed this along earlier this morning. Just for those of you maybe that are curious what the schedule at down in Hawaii, down in Honolulu, looks like for Oklahoma. It's Baylor on Thursday, 7.30, Friday Cal at 7.30, and then, as you mentioned, versus Hawaii a couple of times. Friday at 10, that's that's 10 Central start time. Remember, we're down in yep. Hawaii, and then yep. 4 o'clock on Saturday. I hope you're right, man. I, I hope that Hawaii does take that approach, and they're saying, you know what, there's somebody on that roster that I think so. is willing to pitch to her. Because, we, I mean, come on, we just got to get this thing over with. Yeah, I, I agree, and, and it, it's inevitable. Uh, it just makes all the sense. So everybody, take your nap on Friday, stay up late, uh, because that's, <laughs> I believe, when it's going to happen. So, but uh, and lastly, lastly, my my favorite, most well, I don't know if it's my favorite moment, most impactful moment was after the Rose Bowl, the look on Baker's face. I think he was about to shed a tear. 
But he, when he looked into the camera and, the, and said to the mic, I can't believe it's over. And that right. really resonated with me. That was very powerful for me personally. Um, uh, kind of emotional. You know, other than that, he had so many plays. But one that doesn't get talked about much is against Baylor in 15. And he basically was the Matrix like he was against Tennessee <laughs> and held the ball for 26 minutes and found Dimitri Flowers in the end zone. Right, That's in the uh, we, we Baylor him. blackout game. Yeah. Down in, what, down in McLean Stadium, absolutely. And that's, and that's an uh, easy game when you look back, Brian, maybe to kind of get lost in the shuffle and forget about a little bit maybe because, of course, the 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 win at Tennessee turned down for what? Knoxville's rocking. It's sort of the – just how poor Oklahoma was offensively for three quarters of that game. It did to come charging back in the fourth, tie it up, go into overtime the way that Oklahoma did, and win the game. Baker Mayfield, that fourth down keep that he had to keep that game alive. I mean, there's so many moments from that game that that was the stamp of, okay, hey, this this thing's going to be okay with Baker Mayfield playing quarterback. So it's easy for that one to be the pick. Ohio State, it's on the road. That was the the flag plant saying – we're, we're going to be in the mix for a college football playoff berth. Forget about what happened last season at home versus these guys. We're here. We've arrived. We're a national championship contender. But that Baylor win, I mean, that was important for the trajectory of ultimately what happened in the Mayfield era. It, it, it was because Oklahoma had taken on the chin a couple of years in a row and uh, needed to get off the schneid. Uh, you know, so uh, uh, Baylor still had it going. Pretty good, you know. Yeah, it, they it, were they uh, were they were red hot going that. There wasn't much conf or yeah. a little not much confidence yeah. for OU going into Waco that year. Yeah. There, there's it, a lot it, of it, folks, Brian, that would agree with what you said yeah. too. That, yeah. and yeah. that's why people loved Baker Mayfield because of his ability afterwards to be that emotional. I mean, look, yeah. everybody's going to be emotional after their season and career comes to a close. But to say I can't yeah. believe it's over. How much he loved being an Oklahoma Sooner. I mean, the kid grew up an an OU fan, played at Oklahoma, from walk-on to Heisman Trophy winner, and the the way that it ended, and for him to say that, he just he embodied what a lot of Oklahoma fans felt, and that that's why Sooner fans love the guy so much, man. It's why he he'll be replicated, but never truly duplicated. I think for a lot of people, ever ever. It was the perfect timing that he came in, the perfect guy for what we needed, and he he was born to be a college football player. He was. He, he you know it's harder for him to do those things in the pros when you know you've got guys with four three speed bearing down on you. Um, but uh, he was made for that, and um, to to you know I, I think this is a great thing with the statue. And hopefully, hopefully they'll sell that place out. And uh, and really show them some love. I so. think it's going to be a big crowd. It'll be one of the biggest spring crowds I think we've ever seen, no doubt. All right, guys. Thanks. Brian, good Thanks. call, man. Hey, appreciate it. All right, bye. So we're sneaking up on a break, but let's go ahead and, and get Danny in here. Before we do, we'll, we'll go around the horn here on the Rod Polson Oklahoma Tax Resolution Line. If you want to jump in, we got open phone lines this hour, 405-329-9000. We'll keep your thoughts coming. 
this morning on the Plank Show. Josh and Connor with you. Danny, what's up? Hey, welcome to the show. Josh, it's Benny. Oh, Benny. Benny, what's going on? Hey, uh, two, three quick questions. One, the OU men game is uh, on Thursday at what time? Six o'clock. Six o'clock. And you said the softball is 730, 730, 10, and 4? It is 730, 730, 10, and 4. That is correct. Okay. That's, uh, you got a better memory right. than I do, yeah, Benny. Indeed, indeed. Hey, uh, the home run that uh, I don't know who the pitcher was, but it was against a mean green in North Texas that Chamberlain broke the record. I think it was down there in Denton. Anyway, I'm pretty sure it was uh, uh, North Texas. Gotcha. That, that, Very that good. She broke the record on it. I'm just like the rest of people. I just can't see. I guess she's going to have to come like my man Yogi Berra, come a bad ball hitter. Uh, they just just flat not pitching to her. And I think in the long run it's going to cost the, the other opponents because this OU team is a damn good hitting team. Once you get L.O., I mean, uh, McKenzie, McKenzie hitting a little bit more and, and, and uh, Lindsey Elam. And Brito gets back going. That, this team's gonna. Be, it, they're gonna be hard to shut that team down. Yeah, There's a lot of folks in this lineup that oh, yeah. can hurt you. It's not yeah, just Jocelyn exactly. Allo. Yeah, and you know, look at uh, uh, Janet John. I mean, uh, she's been an animal this year compared to last year. No doubt. Yeah, she's having a terrific hey, I, start I, to her season. I found out uh, on a save for for softball. Okay. And I couldn't understand why Jody didn't get a save. My understanding, what what I found out, the tying runner has to be on base. I, you know, like in second base, the tying runner has to be in scoring position. In scoring position. Mm-hmm. I think that's the most damn ridiculous rule I've ever heard. <laughs> They're stealing <laughs> saves away from us. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. It's just unreal that uh, that and uh, you know that that the tying runner has to be in scoring position. Yeah, I mean, she could pitch three shutout innings, and in a major league, you just have to pitch one third of an inning, and you get a save. You'd think that the batter at the plate would be a tying, tying, tying hitter too. If she hits a home run, it ties the game. The only thing I sort of dig about it is I don't mind having differences between softball and baseball. Yeah, yeah. That part's kind of cool that mm-hmm. it's not the same and just uniform standard, one size fits all. I kind of dig that. Softball's not necessarily completely identical to baseball in that baseball, respect. Yeah. It does make me <laughs> like you, Benny. I, I, I'm like, wait a second, but <laughs> hold on. This is a save, right? But I, I do kind of like that element. Yeah, or, or like when Grace Lyon got that hit the right field and they threw Jenna John out at the plate. She was on second, had runners at first and second. First, they were going to give the, uh, give her a fielder's choice. Well, hell, that's not a fielder's choice. That's a base hit the right. You know, the runner got tossed out at the plate. You know, uh, it, it's just unreal. But they, I guess, they eventually changed what Plank said to a to a hit. I got when, you. Well, you've educated me up this morning, Benny. Well, I I had to dig around. I called my friend out out west, and and he uh, used to be an umpire and knew some softball coaches out there at Shattuck. And then I called a guy on and a national, and that's what he told me. Hit the runner had to be. In a, in a safe position, had to be in scoring position. It, it's amazing, and uh, you know I just really amazed how well this team is doing, and have to go through what Aloha is going through. 
And I, my, I, I just don't understand why they're playing Baylor in Hawaii when we're going to play them during the year. Yeah, I guess they're just part of that Rainbow Wahin Classic. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they'll play them Thursday and then Cal and then a couple versus Hawaii. Hope that Jossie can get the record this weekend. Yeah, hey, B, I, I got to run, okay? I do, too, and get it over with where we where we don't have to sit and wait and, wait and hear that number 96. Sooner or later, it'll happen. That's right. You don't have to be a bad ball hitter like old Yogi was. Just club Get one out of here. Bad one. Yeah, exactly. Hey, my brother, thank you very much. I appreciate the schedule there. Yep. Thanks. Hey, no Talk problem, Benny. Anytime, buddy. Yeah. Got to take a break. It is the Plank Show. Hour number two just underway. If uh, you're just joining us, one of the questions of the day that we've been tossing around, kicking it around, and getting some good reaction responses on what was your favorite Baker Mayfield moment? Probably a lot of folks win at Tennessee, flag plant at Ohio State. But uh, if you have a different thought, would love to hear from you this morning. Give us a call, 329-9000. is the text line as well. And I should tell you before an opening timeout in hour number two, this hour is brought to us by Allison Insurance. Give Bob and Robert Allison a call, 405-745-2968. They can find the needs to best fit you and your office for insurance. Josh and Connor, it's the Plank Show. Back with you right after this on the Ref Sports Radio Network. Allison Insurance brings us hour number two. It's the Plank Show on a Tuesday. Josh Elmer alongside Connor Pasby. Health insurance, life insurance, Medicare supplements, HSAs, and more. Bob and Robert Allison, they can find the needs to best fit you and your office for insurance. Online, visit them, allisoninsurance.com, or give them a call, 405-745-2968. They've been helping you and your family for over 60 years. You want to play catch-up on the text line, Connor? Yeah, I can. Yeah, you can hit us on the text line at 405-651-3439. When are the regional tickets on sale and the dates? And that was, of course, when we were talking to Oklahoma head women's gymnastics coach K.J. Kindler. I think we, believe it or not, I actually, even without having seen your text, we asked that question before we ended our conversation with coach and what did we determine basically as soon as we figure out exactly what the NCAA regional will look like for Oklahoma yeah when they have a setup schedule I believe that's when the tickets are available yeah and you know what I I hope that I'm I'm just so busy with different broadcasts it feels like all the time I'd really like to get out to the regionals over there, if I can, at the the LNC. My mom and dad, Connor, went to the Oklahoma-Michigan meet and had a blast. They they loved it. They've gone before and really, really enjoy it. I'd love to get out there at least one time this season, but I, I just haven't been able to. I'm always calling hockey or we have a high school event going on, and there, there's always some sort of a broadcasting conflict for me. It drives me nuts. Yeah, I want to go to one, too. That's a I didn't even pack. get to watch on ESPN2. I didn't either. Well, I didn't realize it was on ESPN2 at the last moment, but, man, that looked fun. So frustrating. Pack, packed house in the LNC, too. But I did, I did go back and watch the DVR. All right, let's see. What is this? Not the best or most classy, but the funniest. This is in reference, by the way, to favorite Baker Mayfield moments. 
But uh, they, they sent the the gif, of course, of the crotch grab at Kansas. <laughs> we, 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 have, we have a lot of those. We have a lot of those on the text line. And, and then they said best was the flag plant or the Tennessee game. Love, Baker. You know, in in a way, it's not going to be everybody's favorite moment, but I do think fans kind of loved, kind of enjoyed the fact that there was that side to Baker that, look, you're not going to disrespect me at the coin toss. You're not going to disrespect Oklahoma at the coin toss. And if you want to make you want to make things like this during the Kansas game, we can make things like this during the Kansas game. And boom, it leads to, of course, what happened with the crotch grab at Kansas. Nobody's going to necessarily say, hey, that was my hands-down favorite Baker Mayfield moment. It's sort of in jest. It's kind of joking when folks say, hey, that was my favorite Baker Mayfield moment. But in a way, that was sort of I can I can entertain and see an argument that that was Baker Mayfield personified. Or he backed it up too. He does that a lot where he'll do like make gestures at other teams, but he's always able to back it up. So that's the fun part about Baker. Certainly at Oklahoma, more times than not, he backed it up. Kansas, what are you doing? Get out of here disrespecting <laughs> Baker Mayfield. But How dare the, you? The flag plant at Ohio State and the Tennessee game, those are my one, two. Wait, okay, so you said Ohio State game, flag plant first? That's my one. And yeah, it Tennessee, is for me too. Tennessee just lights up because he didn't play well through three quarters and he just rallied the troops and brought him back, especially in that fourth quarter and then the run into the end zone with P. Ryan's block. I have special. to I have to go back and watch just a, a nice Baker Mayfield highlight reel from his three years at Oklahoma. Individual plays that were the greatest for Baker. Brian brought up a good one. Evade, 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 which was, you know, for someone like Baker that did not have, of course, the athleticism that a Kyler Murray did, he was like a magician back there for Oklahoma. It was unbelievable the amount of time that he would create for himself to get away from rushers. And then, of course, of course, like clockwork, boom, flick of the wrist, and he's got somebody wide open downfield. That's probably what I – I don't know that there's an individual single play that just comes straight to my mind, but that ability of Baker is probably what I remember the most about him at Oklahoma. And then just just wanting to win and – be the quarterback for OU. Okay, yeah, what always, else? Oh, my bad. Always sprinting down with his teammates, too. I think there's a game that doesn't get much credit for is OU-Texas Tech in 2016, the offensive fireworks between Baker and, and Mahomes, Mahomes, which was fun tonight, fun to watch. Yeah, Mayfield running down the sidelines. That definitely, definitely stands out. Okay, what do we got there? The Baker statue should be the Kansas game. <laughs> I can't read the end of that, but that is funny. I was at both the Tennessee and Ohio State games. The best Baker moment is the flag plant. Very symbolic since they had beaten us in Norman the year before. No doubt. I'm with you. Totally agree. What is – you can just go ahead and scroll to the bottom. We'll rifle through these now. I've been rambling. But any ones that we haven't hit, just click on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scroll up to the next two there. (laughs) Yeah, the, the green one. 
Where exactly can you purchase this come tomorrow? None for season ticket holders. I, I think if you just go to Soonersports.com, you should be able to buy spring tickets there. Is the next home run to break the record going to be more memorable than the last one she hits? Uh, to set the record, it could possibly be 110-115, which is incredible. You know, that's a good question. The, the record setter, of course, is going to be super memorable. But one of those final home runs, if it's, you know, in the Women's College World Series, chance to, I mean, who knows where this season's headed for Oklahoma, chance to keep a perfect season alive, Connor. I mean, that type of home run could be more memorable even than the record setter. But well, I think even getting to 100 home runs, that's a special accomplishment for Allo, because, man, that's a lot of home runs in your softball career. Yeah, I mean, that that might be more memorable even than some of the, the, the well, than the record setter or the record tire. Let's see, what else we got? A couple of people. Sounds like 10 people in the booth with Aaron Miller in there. Uh, they'll get it figured out. Be patient. Overton Brothers taking officials at the spring game. That's uh, from True. So, there you go. Overton Brothers showing up at the spring game. Okay, what did uh, they they sent this while driving? Be careful. Favorite Baker moment was Texas Tech against Patrick Mahomes. That is an that is a dangerous opinion to have, Connor. Because that was you broke every history in the offensive books in college football that night. Yeah, and you did defensively too, and not in a positive way. That's the game that about broke Teddy Lehman. That was a very, very stressful night, to say the least. <laughs> you, you, you should have heard him that next week on air. Oh my goodness! I think he's since he's he's recovered from the Texas Tech performance. Because T- Teddy's a defensive guy, he doesn't like seeing no all man, offensives dude. going at it every possession. Teddy won the butt kiss at Oklahoma, man. He was a part of great, great defenses in the early two thousands. And what happened in Lubbock that night to Teddy was an absolute travesty. Guys running wide open, catching and carrying the football 50-plus yards after the catch, running through – you know, they they say on the broadcast, oh, that's uh, like a Madden quote. That's so so big of a hole he could drive a truck through it. Like that literally – was happening that night in Lubbock. So I can understand where a defensive-minded guy like Teddy would just be horrified by what he saw that night. There was some incredible individual offensive plays. The Joe Mixon catch, okay, that was, yes, Teddy, I hear you out there. Running backs should be able to catch the football. I get it. That's like one of his big pet peeves. Oh, wow, a running back caught a pass. But that was a... Pretty amazing individual one-handed grab. Well, it was nonchalant, too. Joe Mixon just made it look so easy. And the I believe the, the yards after catch after he caught that, too. In Mahomes, in that game, certainly, I mean, we didn't really know it at the time, maybe, but he, he had some pretty incredible individual throws in that game. But, boy, there was this. Woo! There was some bad defense played that night down there. Some impressive throws, Lubbock. but also a lot of wide open receivers to throw it to. 
Yes, free runners, as it were. All right, we're due a T.O. here on the Plank Show. We'll take said timeout. And let's hear let's hear from some of the assistant coaches as we move along. We've got we've just touched the tip of the iceberg from the assistant coaches availabilities from last week. Let's hear from Miguel Chavis and Todd Bates this morning before we get out of here. Both uh, two of the new hires that if you're looking for a common thread, Connor, that binds these new assistant coaches, it's not lip service, man. When Brent Vittable sits up there and talks about, I'm going to serve your heart and not your talents, Miguel Chavis, Todd Bates, those two guys, very much genuine in that approach as well. So let's share some of that from last week, if you missed it, right here. Coming up next, it's the Plank Show. Josh, Connor with you. Right here, the home of Sooner fans on the Ref Sports Radio Network. We're back. It's the Plank Show. Josh Helmer, Connor Pasby. What up, everybody in OKC? 94.7 FM. What's up, everybody right here in Norman? 1400 AM. What's up, everybody out in Tulsa? 1430 The Buzz. And, of course, hour number two, it's brought to you by Allison Insurance. 405-745-2968, allisoninsurance.com. Health insurance, life insurance, Medicare supplements, HSAs, and more. Bob and Robert Allison, they can get you covered. Find the needs to best fit you and your office for insurance. 405-745-2968. They've been helping you and your family for over 60 years. So I'll be totally transparent. I I spent too much time gossiping during that last break. My apologies. I'll get organized, and we'll hear from Miguel Chavis and Todd Bates coming up before the end of this hour next segment. We do have breaking news. In the National Football League, the report is out. The Packers have agreed to a four-year, $200 million contract with Aaron Rodgers. So the reigning MVP coming back to Green Bay. Highest paid player in NFL history now. Did Green Bay pay too much? Aaron Rodgers, back-to-back MVPs. Salary cap has gone up. What is the number at now? $208 million something for this season. And I, I don't know without you know looking at it right now necessarily what the cap is cap hit is for Rodgers and who who was it his his former teammate was it Greg Jennings that was saying you want to sit there and talk about you want to win so bad and yet now you want to get paid all this money take a team friendly deal in some capacity if you really really want Devonte Adams to get a good deal and you want to go win a Super Bowl Leave some cash on the table for everybody else. Yeah, speaking of that, there's not going to be much cash for when Devontae Adams contracts up in a little bit. For the yeah, Packers. there is not a lot of cash left on the table. They'll find cash for Devontae Adams, but it's you know kind of beyond that, paying everybody else. Which, hey, Aaron Rodgers is still playing at an elite level. There's a reason he won the Most Valuable Player Award, and... We've seen in recent years a Tom Brady continue to do this where Tom Brady leads the league in passing well into his 40s. 
So I don't think it's crazy to think that Aaron Rodgers for four more years can be the Aaron Rodgers or close to that we saw this past season. And when his contract's up, he'll be 43, Aaron Rodgers. You do worry a little bit, though, just about the sheer amount of money that, that you tie into one player. But, hey, the you know, you know, you look around the landscape of the National Football League, eventually – Eventually, Patrick Mahomes is a big, big cap hit, right, for Kansas City. Hasn't really been the case yet, but everybody at some point, if you have a star quarterback, you're paying a lot of money, and you got to find a way to make the thing work with uh, your star quarterback and how you're going to pay everybody else. There's just not a lot of guys in the National Football League that have genuinely taken the Tom Brady approach. Where now not everybody's married to Giselle Bunchen that makes millions and millions of dollars on her own with her supermodeling career and whatever you know other endorsements and products or whatever she had going on. But I mean, you do kind of make things more challenging by taking the four-year, two hundred million dollar deal when for Aaron Rodgers you still only won the one Super Bowl. Basically, I mean now you're kind of at risk of becoming this guy, great regular season player, all these different awards and touchdown passes that you won, but you need a second Super Bowl, man, to separate yourself from a lot of these guys out there to to really make yourself one of the all-time great quarterbacks. I mean, he'll always be Aaron Rodgers regarded as one of the greatest talents at the quarterback position, but he's not going to be regarded as one of the greatest winners at the quarterback position. He's, he's got to get over that postseason hump that we've seen. And he's cut, he's cut himself no corners here, Connor. By taking this deal, he has valued money over winning. Like Greg Jennings was saying, that, okay, well, if you genuinely want to be about winning, then don't take the mega deal. This is where I thought we'd end up all along. And this is why last offseason – I wasn't buying that Aaron Rodgers was genuinely going to be leaving the Green Bay Packers. This is what, man, Connor, today is what this has always, the circus, what last offseason, it's what it's always been about. Aaron Rodgers riding the golf cart and, oh, who knows? Who who knows what my future looks like? The man wanted the four-year mega deal. He wanted long-term financial security. He wanted this big cash contract. He's got it. $200 $200 million deal, congratulations. Now, Does, now now, if you want more playmakers, you're not going to have much no, you know, money to give. You better be doing it in the draft. And the Green Bay Packers have... Which they don't do well in the draft. The Green Bay the Packers have done such a great do- job in the draft, they took Jordan Love in the first round for you. So, I don't know. Interesting. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Can Aaron Rodgers win a ring after taking this deal? If he does, then hey, great. But he's certainly not helped himself very much. All right, we got to take a TO. I'll get organized. Let's hear from Miguel Chavis and Todd Bates. I know you folks are like, whatever, who cares about Aaron Rodgers? This isn't first take. Unbelievable, Josh. We'll take a TO. Josh and Connor back with you. It's the Plank Show right here on the Ref Sports Radio Network. Plank Show rolls on after this. Okay, so I am organized now, ladies and gents. Miguel Chavis, I thought, was awesome 
Oklahoma's new defensive ends coach last week. First meeting with the media ahead of Oklahoma, of course, getting spring practices underway on March 22nd. And he was asked about the importance of building relationships with players. Question, Brandon. Thank you. Um, more than the content of what we talk about, I, w- I will tell you this. Um, so I, I did pastoral ministry. I was a, a youth minister and a college minister for three years after the NFL before I started coaching. I was a support staffer for Clemson. And um, the best um, CEOs of companies, the best pastors, the best uh, leaders of families, the best men and women I've ever been around are those people who can connect and love the people that they serve, period. And so, you know, my first week here, uh, within the first week or so, you know, just like taking my, my guys out to dinner, you know what I mean, and like not talking football. And um, listen, I, I coach for Brent Venables. We're going to have a, more than enough time to talk football. All right, they're, they're not, they're, our guys are going to know what the heck they have to do. Um, but just and then investing in them, man, you know, making phone calls. That's one thing uh, we did, uh, calling them all personally, uh, asking them about their mom, their dad, uh, little Susie. Uh, they've been dating for two weeks. On fa- now they're Facebook official for two weeks. Okay. I'll be asking about another one here soon. And, um, but just, you know, what's, what's, what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? What are your fears? What are your aspirations? I think all of these things are super, super important. Where when I was coming up, uh, if a coach, you know, you just kind of like, oh, you're the leader. Okay, I'll follow you. Oh, you're the elder. Okay, I'll follow you. Go run through the wall. Okay, I'll do that. That's not this generation. They need to know that you care. They need to know their identity. Um, and they, they want to know that you love them. And if you love your players, you can coach them as hard as you want to. And so, but just being very, very connected with them, uh, send them encouraging messages almost every morning, uh, things that are, whether it's things from scripture, things that are uh, motivational or encouraging to me, and, and then just being able to take the time out to not talk ball all the time. And thinking, understanding and learning the different types of personalities. There's so many different personality tests. And I think, man, it's like psychology. I, I seriously, I think, I think a great football coach is like 50% a great psychologist. And understanding that you, you, just like parenting, you can't treat all kids the same. And so different coaching techniques and different, they all learn differently. And so, but I think, uh, I think being intentional with your words, I think uh, getting to know parents, uh, getting to know players, um, their likes and dislikes, their fears and aspirations um, makes them a lot more likely to trust you and to be endeared to you and to play hard for you. The guys that, that I've seen that played the hardest for their coaches are the guys that would literally die and lay their life on the line for their coaches because they know their coach loves them and would do the same. Okay, so there's Miguel Chavis talking about building relationships with players. Let's react to that top of next hour, and we will do so right here on The Plague Show. Josh and Connor with you.